Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Athlete Ready Global Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jared Saavedra. I know I've been on a little hiatus lately, but I'm back and I'm ready to bring you all some great conversations, interviews with people around the globe that are doing great things. Today I have JT Thomas, performance coach and business owner out of Florida. JT is going to discuss what he's learned over this pandemic and how he's made several pivots in his career. He will revisit some of his passions of teaching financial literacy and also gives us some really good strategies when it comes to building credit in order to purchase revenue generating assets. You're not going to want to miss this. Make sure you get your pen and paper and let's go. Hey everyone and welcome to season two of the Athlete Ready Global podcast. This season is going to be straight fire. It is not going to be limited to just strength conditioning coaches and fitness professionals, but we're going to have sport coaches on here, medical doctors, financial advisors, digital marketers, you name it, we'll probably have them on. I really believe that you're going to enjoy these next 10 episodes. Again, our goal is to help equip fitness and strength professionals in their careers in areas that promote career longevity, financial freedom, etc. As you know, the Athlete Ready Global podcast is powered by the online training software, Athlete Ready Global, which helps personal trainers and strength and conditioning coaches save more time, coach more people, build more freedom, and make more money. With nearly 400 business marketing and training resources and a deep exercise library, and also a ton of features that allow coaches and trainers to deliver world-class programming remotely. This platform has it all. Now, on to our next episode. And we're live. Mr. JT Thomas, thanks for joining me today on the Athlete Ready Global Podcast Show, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me. It's uh, truly an honor to be on here. And um, like I told you before, we hopped on the call. I've been watching you for a while, and uh, you've been doing your thing, man. I'm proud of you. Oh, I appreciate that. Uh, for our listeners and subscribers, you know, I just told you before, uh, yeah, again, on our call right before that, I feel like a lot of more people should know about you and what you do. So can you give them a little bit of spill on your on your background? Uh, sure. So um, I'm actually in the strength and conditioning uh, industry. I'm a, uh, I was a high school teacher, and I'll elaborate on that here in a minute. But um, I started strength and con- getting into strength and conditioning. Um, right after college, I had got injured my senior year in college and, uh, this facility I had been training at my entire time there offered me a job and it made sense. So I went with it and, uh, this was back in what, 2007, I believe 2006. And it was probably one of the most happiest times that I had ever been. Cause I, I had the opportunity to come in, like laugh and joke with the kids, but train them. So uh, totally fell in love with training. A uh, few years passed by, uh, got into sales and did some um, cell phone work with, uh, I, I think I used to work for Sprint, was one of them, and um, just didn't like it anymore, man. It was just so much just monotony and um, just all the politics of it. Uh, I was like, you know what, I can't live like this. So I quit my full-time job and started a training company. Um, out in a football field that I was, um, God blessed me with the opportunity to go out there and just be able to, um, train people and, um, that kind of transitioned into me getting into a uh, private school and 
the rest is history. Kind of went down that path of becoming a teacher. So then I became a um, got a job offer for a uh, pretty big high school out here in Florida, and that's where I kind of developed my stuff at. And here I am today. Absolutely. So were you? <laughs> how, how did you get that that first job as far as coaching? You said at the private school. What what um, kind of landed that? Absolutely. So for me, um, my high school coach uh, had been there, I think probably about three or four years prior to me taking that job. And literally he just needed me to come out and do a warm up with the football kids before the actual coaches got there. So um, it's really about who, you know, not really what, you know, Um, so started coming out there and you know, made a relationship with the athletic director and the people there. And before you know it, I started training the athletic director early in the mornings. A job position came open in the PE department and I was able to step in there because I had my my bachelor's degree. Um, with private schools, you necessarily don't have to have your teaching certification right out the gate because they operate a little bit differently. But um, yeah, man, that, that was that was how I got into teaching and, and was able to get into a school uh, without having all these credentials and all that fun stuff. Awesome. Awesome. So I noticed, you know, quite a few strength coaches kind of develop some side hustles, side businesses, you know, kind of dealing with the pandemic and really being able to step back a lot of not obviously not being able to coach, but still interested in different things. What What have you kind of taken away from this time off? you know, obviously with the pandemic and how were kind of you able to pivot from what you were doing to, you know, kind of building new ventures like you have? Absolutely. So um, one of the most important lessons that I've, I've learned during this 2020 year, and I'm sure everybody has a 2020 story, um, is if you don't allocate your time, somebody else is going to allocate it for you. So um, that kind of was revealed to me in, in my um, transitioning into other stuff. I really like um, that quote. I like that quote. Yeah, man. Um, so what happened for me was I was at uh, the high school I was previously at and, um, you know, the pandemic hit, we were out of school for a while down here in Florida. We actually started back in September and we've been going ever since. Okay. Well, well, because we had too many teachers that were on staff and not enough students back in the schools, Um, I was one of the teachers that was selected to be displaced. So I wasn't at the high school anymore. I actually got transferred to a middle school, which is totally out of the the realm. Way different (laughs) ballgame. Oh, yeah. That's a whole different thing. Oh, man. Um, I tell people I heard cats all day Mm because all the kids want to do is play. But um, in that transition, at first I was like resenting it. But uh, God, uh, I'm a man of faith. I love God. And uh, he's my Lord and Savior. directs me each and every day. Um, he showed me just how much time I was devoting into, yes, my training's important and, and pouring into other people, but so is my family. So is my time with him. So is my time into the things that I, I uh, value, like my own health. And it's easy to get caught up in chasing the dollar and, and training and training all these people that you neglect those things. So that's probably one of the, the most important lessons that I've learned during this pandemic and and even pivoting um, real quick to give you a, a, a book that I've been reading and I'm probably my second time reading through it. It's called Essentialism by Greg McCowan. 
Um, he talks about less is more and focusing on those one or two things that you can actually be truly great at as opposed to trying to do everything and you're only given like half the effort that you uh, actually should be given. So um, excellent book. He actually has a step-by-step system on how you can decipher between what is truly essential and learning how to say no, uh, because a lot of people have a hard time saying no to things. So. Absolutely. I know. I, I definitely struggle with that myself for sure. So, I mean, let's, let's get right into it, man. What, yeah, man. what, what did you start Tell us about tell us about this new venture partnership. Absolutely. So uh, during the pandemic, um, I was truly blessed uh, with the opportunity to uh, me and my wife. We just built a new brand new house um, here in Florida, as well as acquired a rental property. Um, And I tell people. Congrats on that. That's that's big. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And um, it, it, it all goes credit to God, but also discipline, because before the pandemic, nobody saw the steps that I was taking to prepare myself for something like that and um, just put myself in place. And it's kind of why I started the business that I did, which is uh, Thomas and Westbrook Consulting, where we help people with um, credit restoration, credit building. We also team up with small businesses and teach them how to structure their credit report so that they can get funding. And I'll go into that uh, here a little bit later in our call. Um, but um, my, my credit, our credit is super important. I wouldn't have been able to get this house that we just built as well as keep my rental if my credit wasn't in place because, that, I mean, that's how creditors or people that are going to lend you money, that's how they, they grade you. That's kind of like your, your report, your adult report card, you know? Right, right. So, um, and elaborate more on that, you know, I think um, a lot of people don't, quite understand credit and the the value of it and how it works and everything. And um, I just want to be able to educate people and, and help people get into better uh, financial situations so they can make better decisions for their family and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Have, have you started uh, beginning to work with, you know, strength coaches or, you know, personal trainers or fitness professionals? Have you, have you began working with those individuals? Um, I actually just did a um, a presentation for um, South Carolina Strength and Conditioning um, Association. Um, all of them are associated with, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the National High School Strength Coaches Association. Um, oh, yeah. Is that with Coach Schofield and yeah. that crew? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. I love that organization. Yeah, man. So um, sidebar, uh, another conference kind of stemmed off of them um, in South Carolina. I was able to get on there and I actually did a presentation on something similar to this, just talking about the importance of valuing valuing your time, um, the importance of credit, paying attention to your money and just getting that financial literacy. Because, you know, a lot of people don't like a lot of people talk about doing it for the love of, of what you're doing or the passion that you have for it. But at the end of the day, you're still trying, you still have to provide for yourself. You still have to make money. And if you're not making that money, it's a lot harder to pour yourself into that passion because you're trying to meet your basic needs as opposed to being able to cultivate your craft and your passion. So um, by focusing and getting those things in order, it just opens up the door for you to actually grow in your passion and 
and in your field so that you can uh, make a bigger impact. Right. And the reason I ask you that is because, I mean, you probably had a million conversations with especially young personal trainers and strength Mm -hmm. coaches who eventually want to have their own business or open up their own gym. And, you know, they, they they have no idea what the loan process is like. They don't have no idea what credit is like. I know when I opened my facility in, in Albuquerque, uh, credit is what saved me. Uh, no bank w- wanted to give me a loan, no credit union um, until I it was my last chance with one. And they looked at my credit and they just kind of took a risk on me and it ended up working out really well. Uh, so for those people, um, you know, what are some typical problems that you see when people are trying to build up their credit? Um, honestly is, uh, like I just, and, and that's awesome that you were able to do that. Um, I, or I didn't specify, uh, my background fully, but I've been in the private sector. I've been in the collegiate sector, um, professional with the Orlando predators where I'm on ESPN and all that fun stuff. And even the high school setting. And by far that private sector was, uh, really challenging. Cause like Very. you said, nobody wanted to give me money. And in all honesty, as a trainer, you need starting capital because if not, you're going to be using your operating expense that comes from your clients monthly to a provide for your your daily living expenses and try to fund your business. And it's just not it's just not doable. So um, I have I had went through a similar thing, tried to go to banks for lines of credit, getting denied. And it was really challenging. Um, I was fortunate enough that. I was charging enough that, you know, my my personal costs were offset. And, and I had a, a girlfriend at the time who's now my wife that took a chance on me and, and supported me. But, you know, without without that credit, it, it, it's hard to do anything. And a lot of people don't understand credit. Um, for me growing up, you know, credit was looked at as, as a bad thing or you don't want to get credit cards because you don't want to get into, you know, into debt or you don't want to mess your credit up. Um, but even not having credit can harm you, you know, especially when you talk about a new personal trainer or a fitness professional going out and trying to bootstrap this, this business, it's hard. Um, other problems that, that people see or run into is they're not taught it. I mean, it's not taught in your schools and unless you know somebody uh, either your immediate family or a friend or, you know, maybe even on Instagram nowadays, if you take a chance on somebody, um, a lot of people don't don't have somebody that's teaching them how to utilize it. Um, and what I have some notes here. And, and one of the other problems that I see and a lot of people may not understand this is purchasing things that get you a return um, with credit. Like not necessarily just purchasing things that you like or things you want, but uh, purchasing um, income producing assets. For example, um, my wife's a photographer and, you know, we started out with a camera. So is my wife. That's, yeah. that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. I had no idea. Go ahead. Yep. So starting with, a, uh, she started off with this camera probably like five years ago. And, you know, over time they, they develop them better uh, megapixels and stuff. So now we just invested in like, what? how much is that camera? Like $2,500, but it provides better quality pictures. And she's able to make more money with it. So in purchasing that, I'm like, all right, let's throw it on the credit card. She's able to pay it off. 
we're able to get points off of it. And it can once it's paid off, it continues to produce income as she's utilizing it, as opposed to me buying like a pair of Jordans that, all right, I may wear them one or two times because I don't want to get them creased. And then I'm throwing them in the closet to preserve them. Um, they may hold value. They may not. Depends on how you take care of them. But that camera is going to constantly produce income as long as I'm utilizing it. Absolutely. So going going into like a credit score, it's not yep. just as simple as, you know, paying off stuff on time. Mm-hmm. I know I learned this within the just the last couple of years and I'm, I'm 34 yeah. and I always thought that, oh, if I you know pay my credit card on time, I'm going to have a, a perfect score or if right. I pay my minimum payment. And lo and behold, it's that's not the only thing that's part of this of this formula. Can Absolutely. you explain a little bit about what that formula is and you know what all the factors that kind of go into a credit score? Awesome. I'm, I'm glad you asked. I got I got <laughs> a perfect. I'm actually going to give away some of our, our inside knowledge on this one. So um, first and foremost, the steps to building credit. Um, I always use this quote where people you don't know where you're going unless you know where you're at. You know, like if you don't know where you're at in, in terms of your credit or your life, it's hard to say, OK, I want to get over there to that goal and be able to strategically plan the steps that I need to take in order to get over there. I got to see where I'm at. You know, I got to see what my bare minimum is. So uh, what we highly recommend to people is having a a good credit monitoring service that, you know, it's going to cost you, but uh, having a good credit monitoring service that you can go in and actually see what's going on with your credit. Um, We tell people you should be checking your credit as regularly as you're checking your bank account because nowadays people are gathering information. They're able to get your information just like that. They're opening credit cards, opening loans underneath your name. And um, I was looking at some statistics. One in five credit every or out of one in five. How do you let me see? I'm sorry. Um, one in five people have at least one error on their credit report. Um, that error can totally change what your credit report looks like. And um, the service that we use to monitor with all of our clients and allows us to help them is Identity IQ. Um, it's probably the best one out there. Um, in my personal opinion, I've used multiple. Uh, a lot of people use like Credit Sesame or um, what's the other one? Credit Karma. You, they have to remember that those um, platforms are kind of geared towards whoever their market or who's ever paying for the marketing. And they're not going to necessarily give you a clear picture of what your score actually is. Even the, even the bureau's version of their credit reports, you know, like I know Experian has like credit boost where you put your your um, utility bill in there and it boosts your score up a few points. All they're doing is collecting data on you. So, yeah, on their end, they're going to show that you got five or 10 points here or 20 points here. But then you go to get that auto loan or that um, that mortgage on that house and your score looks totally different than what it actually uh, looks like on experience. So how, how, how does that happen? So there are multiple um, and not diving too deep into it, <laughs> but um, there's multiple um credit, what do you call them? Um, credit models that that the industry leaders use. 
So, for example, if you're going to get a car, they're looking at your previous auto loans, if you have any, and they have a auto FICO score that they based on you. And same thing with a house, same thing with a loan. Um, they all pull different credit scores as well as pull from different bureaus to see um, what your credit score looks like. So that's why we recommend the Identity IQ because it provides the most information. Um, it's, it's been the most accurate for us. And as we're repairing people's credit, um, we're able to see the changes in real time um, as we're helping them. So um, to continue on the steps of building, um, there are actually seven major data points to a credit report that creditors look for. So the, by hitting these seven points, uh, you'll be able to ha get the best rates. Uh, you'll be able to uh, get loan approval for credit cards, get approval for loans um, by structuring your credit report this way. <clears throat> uh, the first step is no late payments. So no matter what it is, uh, whether it's a, a credit card, an auto loan, whatever the case may be, don't have any late payments. Uh, believe it or not, late payments uh, equal up to 35% of your actual credit score. So even if you have one late payment, that can drop you like 60 to 100 points just like that because wow. it, it, it weighs so much on your credit report. Um, the next one that weighs a lot, and it's uh, I believe it's 30 percent, is derogatory remarks. So uh, charge offs or things going to collections or you even having a bankruptcy. Those things hold a lot of weight on your credit as well. Can you get them off? Yes, we have the ability to get those off. They do take some time, but by not even allowing yourself to get into those positions um, can drastically change um, your credit report and how uh, creditors view you and, and want to lend you money. Um, the third one after that is credit utilization. So the way credit utilization works is you take all of your credit cards or anything um, like revolving credit or your credit lines from your credit cards and they add them all up together and that gives you your credit utilization so let's say you have five credit cards and each one of them have has two thousand dollars each your total credit utilization is ten thousand dollars well if you're using fifty percent on each card your credit utilization now is at fifty percent because of that 10,000, you're using 5,000 of it. And the, the uh, ideal credit utilization area that you wanna be in is between one and 6%. So if you keep your credit utilization low, creditors look like, um, they'll look at your, your score and say, okay, you're not credit thirsty, um, for lack of better terms. Right. right. And okay, we'll, we'll be able to lend you some money. Okay. Um, Next after that is just like you said, um, people don't know what's on their credit or even not having credit is a bad thing. So we recommend having at least 10 positive accounts. Positive accounts can include um, credit cards, um, store cards, um, installments, student loans are, can be a positive account um, as long as you're paying them on time and they're not um, uh, derogatory. Those can actually help your credit score. Um, having 10 positive accounts shows the creditors that you've been trustworthy with 
all of the um, accounts that you've been given and that you're actually trying to work and build your credit. Um, after that, you got our number five, which is credit history. Um, this one's kind of tricky, if, especially if you don't have any credit, but there are some ways around that. Um, you want your credit history to be at least five years of age. Um, so if you're a young, let's say you're fresh out of high school or in college, I'd highly recommend trying to get a, um, you can get a store card or if you're banked, um, you, you can do a secure card, but if I would try and attempt to get an unsecured card first, just because they're going to have the better rates. You're not going to have to put money up front for those. Can you can you explain the, the difference the differences between an unsecured and secured credit card? Absolutely. Because I myself don't, and I think we talked about this on a, yeah. on a post one time. Uh, Absolutely. Educate me on this. And I, and I apologize if I'm talking too fast. I'm just, oh, <laughs> I'm no, rolling. I'm, I'm getting an education, man. I'm the, All these are questions that I have myself. So Absolutely. Um, so a secured card, basically, um, they limit, they have restrictions on the card. And basically what you have to do is you'll open up a bank account with uh, a bank or a credit union, and you actually have to deposit money into your account that will match the limit on that card. So they want to know that you have the money for that secured card. And then basically it's like, it's like trying it out. It's like a test drive. So basically you'll use that card. They'll see your spending habits, how you're managing it. And if you do well with it, they'll transfer it over to an unsecured card. Um, but if not, they have your money on the line that they'll just be able to pay that card off and um, take care of the debt. Okay. Whereas an unsecured card doesn't have those limits. So, um, you know, a lot of people have like American Express cards. All of those are unsecured cards or a Discover card or your big bank cards. All of those are unsecured cards unless specified okay. where where you can get points. You, you know, you have you can allow the um, the purchase to roll over and you'll be able to um, pay interest on it or whatnot. Okay. Awesome. So that's the difference between the two. Okay. Totally wrecked your train of, uh, train of thought no, there. No, I'm, I'm rolling, man. Nope. <laughs> so I, I think I was on credit history. Um, and just uh, like I said earlier about student loans, student loans can help your credit history too, as long as you're making the payments on time and it's not in um, forbearance or collections or anything like that. Um, we definitely can, Thomas and Westbrook, our, our company can definitely help with helping you with um, your credit history. You can do something as simple as if your parent has a credit card that they've had for years, you can become what's called an authorized user on that account. And that can actually help you with your credit history. Or if your parents don't have that luxury, we do have that uh, ability to add you as authorized user, which can help you with your credit score as well. That's just one of the services that we offer. Awesome. Um, Number six is your inquiries. So uh, you want to have no more than two inquiries on your credit report in a six-month period. Um, inquiries are basically anytime you apply for credit or apply for a loan, the creditor is going to do what's called a hard credit pull on your account and look at your credit report. Um, if you're doing like a lot of credit pulls, again, it shows like you're credit thirsty. 
and they're not going to want to lend it to you because you have all these inquiries on your account. Um, thinking about this in particular, one problem that a lot of people may run into is getting an auto loan. So when you get an auto loan, again, they look at your credit and let's say, you know, with the first bank or the first pull they do, they find out where your score is. Well, they're trying to find a bank that will work with your score. So a lot of times what will happen is they'll pull from five or six banks all at once. They'll pull from Ally. They'll pull from Bank of America. They'll pull from their own financing. They'll pull all these different banks and then they'll get to one called Santander, which nine times out of 10 Santander will approve it. But now your credit's destroyed because you have all these inquiries on your account of them just trying to find the right fit for your credit score. So if you do have a lot of inquiries, again, our company can help uh, remove those inquiries uh, because they're fraudulent and a lot of times they're incorrect. So we can um, get those taken off. I won't say fraudulent, but they're you didn't approve them to pull that many banks. Okay. So um, you can get those things taken off. And last but not least, uh, the number seven uh, major data point that banks and creditors look at um, in order to give you a loan or anything is you want to have a, a credit score of 720 and above. That 720 and above is going to give you the absolute best rate, no matter what you're doing, as well. It's going to get you those approvals given that you meet all the other six data points um, when going through. Okay, man. Thank you so <laughs> much for that. That was a lot. <laughs> no, that's great. That is great. A lot of people are going to find tons of value in this conversation for sure. Absolutely. So when I actually posted about you that I was going to have you on and I asked uh, on my Instagram, Hey, if you have any questions, go ahead and send them. I got three. You okay. answered, answered two of them. Uh, Cause yeah. I asked, I was going to ask the safest and most accurate way to, you know, check your credit without getting a, an official pool. You already answered that. Yep. And then as well as thoughts on services like the Experian and, and those other ones that you mentioned, uh, what was the, what was the other one you mentioned that, that you felt that was the best? Um, the best or not the best, or the best, um, it's, Identi called, I, it's called identity IQ and, uh, you guys can actually, we're an affiliate with them and we work with them and we utilize them for all of our clients and we found great success with them. Um, if you go to our Instagram page, uh, Thomas and Westbrook, A-N-D spelled out and Westbrook, um, there'll be a link there to our link tree where you can actually go right in there and be able to access, um, access the, the portal to sign up for Identity IQ. And you'll also be able to schedule a call with us if you have questions. There's a forum in there for you to ask questions. And uh, we're always available to, to help anybody um, this is absolutely. this is kind of like my new passion along with strength and conditioning. Absolutely. Absolutely. And before we get all your contact information, for sure, yeah. uh, this question definitely stood out to me as far as uh, have you ever broken down, you know, the differences of what you would pay with a, you know, not so up to par credit compared to, uh, you know, buying a house. Let me give you the kind of the circumstance. Absolutely. So buying a house, have you ever done the breakdown of how much money you'd be saving by actually having, you know, a higher uh, credit report like the 720 or above compared to having yep. something a little bit lower? Have you have you actually looked at those numbers? Absolutely. So um, per personal story, uh, just like I was stating earlier, we just moved into this house and um, we actually had to go through the same thing. Um, our credit, my credit score was good. My wife's was like on the fence 
And um, literally, she had to get probably like 20 points in order for us to get the better rate. So when I say better rate, here's what I, here's what I mean. Um, at the lower, at the lower credit score, we were looking at, I believe it was like a 3.25, uh, percent interest rate on the term of the loan. So you, you take, I'm going to pull up my calculator to do some math. Mm-hmm. Um, you take a $300,000 house and you're paying, 3.25% over the course of 30 years or on, on the life of the loan, you know, you're looking at, well, hold on, let me do it right. <laughs> mm-hmm. 300,000 times 0.25. So, that's $9,000 times 30 years, you're going to pay $292,000 in interest over the term of that, that loan. So that $9,000 is per year. So then you take the rate that we got. I was able to uh, do some things with my wife's credit, um, similar to what we do for our clients. I was able to get her that, that 20 point jump and we got a rate of 2.875. So Here's the difference. So that same $300,000 house, 0.0285, you're looking at uh, $8,500 a year. Multiply that by 30. You know, you're you're talking like a $40,000 to $50,000 price difference. That's massive. (laughs) Just in you fixing your credit. Right. you know, by doing that, we didn't get her up to that 720. But imagine if I was able to get her up to 720, it would have probably been even less than that. But that was just good enough to where we needed to be in order to get the the rate that we were looking for. Yeah. Um, and, and the same is true for a car or anything. Uh, the amount of interest that they charge on this is ridiculous. So in my head, it's like that's like free money that they're getting because. I'm not taking care of my credit score. If I, if I'm taking care of my credit score, they don't get that money. Exactly. Uh, and I can get the best rates. I think right now vehicles, some, some, um, um, some dealerships are given like 1%, but you have to have that subprime credit score. You have to have that 720 or above in order to get that rate. And they'll advertise it and then you'll get in there. They'll pull your credit. And they're like, sorry, we can't give you that, that 1%. We're going to give you this auto loan at 3% or 3.25%. And that totally changes your monthly payments. And then you end up saying, well, I can't afford that. I can't get the car. Right. And, and we want to help people change that. We want, we want to help educate people on um, just financial literacy and paying attention to your credit, understanding the terms of the loan and just different stuff, man. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people, you know, asking questions. Can absolutely. you tell them a little bit where, where they can find you if you have a website? Yeah, absolutely. Where's the best place to lo- locate well, you? Absolutely. Before I, before I give you that information, I wanted to give you one last thing. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I'm, I'm a Christian and I, I don't impose my my faith or anybody or my faith or my beliefs or anybody. But um, I'm a firm believer of the word and I want to leave everybody with this. 
in Ecclesiastes uh, in the Bible. It's, uh, I won't spell it, but <laughs> Ecclesiastes 11, verse 1 through 2, uh, or chapter 11, verse 1 through 2. Um, it's written by the man, a man named Solomon, and he was known as one of the wisest people in the world. And he states uh, this in one, uh, verse 1 through 2, ship your grain across the sea. After many days, you may receive a return. Verse two states, invest in seven ventures, yes, in eight. You do not know what disasters may come upon the land. So before we've even gotten to this point in this pandemic, thousands of years ago, the wisest man in the world is telling us to invest in multiple, basically multiple ventures, multiple Mm -hmm. streams of income. Mm -hmm. Um, It's vital because if one if one stream drops off, you need to have something, you need to have a backup to be able to support you. Um, and right now we're in the midst of a disaster. People are losing their jobs. They got all their eggs in one basket and they're struggling and, and it sucks. And the people that are surviving, the people that are getting ahead are the people that were disciplined and made provisions long before this pandemic hit to where now they're able to, to reap the harvest of their discipline before it. And um, I'm, a, I'm a walking testimony to that by what I've been able to do um, in the midst of this pandemic. And same with yourself. You were probably disciplined with your finances, disciplined with what you had going on, and you were focused. And now people get to reap the, and see the benefits of your discipline and everything that's going on. So again, um, if you want to go read Ecclesiastes, it's an awesome uh, chapter of the Bible. Um, Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 11, verse 1 through 2, you can find that scripture. And that's kind of what I kind of set my focus on in terms of business and multiple streams of income. And um, yeah. Love it, man. <laughs> I absolutely love that. No, and I appreciate that for sure. So yeah, let, let them know where they can yeah. find you. Absolutely. So um, you can find us on our Instagram again. It's at Thomas, T-H-O-M-A-S-A-N-D and Westbrook. Uh, Westbrook is spelled W-E-S-T as in Tom, B-R-O-O-K. You'll see our logo on there. You can also find us on Facebook. Um, Any one of those avenues, you'll be able to book an appointment with us, uh, gain access to that Identity IQ, which will get you set up on uh, getting access to your free credit report. And we would love to hear from everybody. Um, we, we allow people to set up uh, free discovery calls where we'll sit down with you. Um, if you get your report prior to getting on the call, we'll be able to run a free audit for you and literally go through your entire report and say, okay, here's what's going on. You got these derogatory remarks. You got these collections. These are the things that we're going to focus on on your behalf and start repairing your credit for you. And, um, you know, focus on your goals and just find out what you're, you're truly passionate about and what you're working for. Um, for example, right now we're working with a, a couple. They are uh, interested in purchasing a home. Um, credit's not the best, but uh, we're coming alongside of them. And just to see the excitement of them Absolutely. knowing somebody's in their corner to help them get to their goal is just truly a, a blessing uh, for me. And um we're just truly passionate about this business and just love to help people. No um, doubt you're going to kill it. No doubt you are going to kill um, it. Also, um, before I forget, I'll give you my, my personal cell phone number. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can reach me at 321-754-5030. Uh, 
have no problem giving that out. And if, if you need help or if I don't answer, just shoot me a text and I'll be able to uh, uh, get back to you. Or if you do call, please leave a message. And you can also reach us at info at thomasandwestbrook.com. Awesome, man. Coach, thank you so much for your time. You dropped so many gems today. I'll probably have questions for you even after. Absolutely. So I appreciate you, brother. We'll be appreciate we'll be back you. on. I, I got to get you back on at some point. Sounds good. Thank Thanks you for the for opportunity. Your time, man. I appreciate you. All right. Have a good day. You too.